You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome to A Bigger Life. I'm Dave Cover. Back in the 300s, there was an African theologian, Athanasius, and he is uh, well known for articulating a lot of the teachings that have become the solid doctrines that have taught the scriptures concerning who Christ is, who Jesus is. There was a lot of controversy in his day of who is Jesus according to the Bible, and this African theologian was instrumental in understanding and articulating a lot of those biblical doctrines that still to this day are the main doctrines that we teach on who the scriptures say Jesus is. He was just a really intelligent guy and very articulate. One of the things he said is that the other scriptures speak to us, but the Psalms speak for us. What he was saying there is what many have said over the 3,000 years that the Psalms have been in existence, and that is the Psalms were written, authored by the Holy Spirit through people like David and other people who wrote the Psalms. But Jesus says that the, the Holy Spirit ultimately wrote the scriptures when he quotes from Psalm 110 in the New Testament. But what he's saying there is that for 3,000 years, the Psalms have been this spirit-inspired prayer book of God's people. Jesus quoted from the Psalms more than any other Old Testament book. So we know that Jesus spent much of his time when he prayed, praying through the Psalms. He was able to quote it from memory. And in fact, the last prayer we have in his, in his life is a Psalm. When he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting Psalm 22, verse 1. And of course, pointing to the rest of the Psalm, which would be about, they divide my clothes among them. They pierce my hands and my feet. It was a Psalm written by David as a kind of prophetic psalm about Jesus, and that's why Jesus quotes it, prays it, the end of his life on the cross. My whole point here is that one of the things that we're doing in this podcast is often we pray through the psalms. When we try to pray through scripture and the power of praying through scripture, the psalms is a key place that we come back to over and over again. That's what changed my life when I was in college For whatever reason, I just learned how to use the Psalms as my book of prayer, as a a way to pray scripture back to God. And I found a life-changing power in it. Something happened in my spiritual life. I can think of my life kind of in like an almost AD or BC AD kind of thing. To me, it was before praying through the Psalms and after praying through the Psalms that I can look back to at my, my Christian life taking off and really becoming something deeper and coming some, becoming something much more solid in my life was when I learned how to pray psalms back to God. And that's what we're doing in this podcast. We're, we're, we're praying the psalms back to God. We're, we're going through certain psalms. And the key to praying psalms back to God is to not try to pray the whole psalm. It's just going to be overwhelming. But to find those verses and find those phrases that resonate with where you are right now and what you want to express to God and why that verse is something that you want to pray and thinking that through and meditating on it. And that's what I've been doing now for 40 years since learning how to do it in college. And it it still is something that I'm not sure what my Christian life would be like if I wasn't doing it. Praying through the Psalms and praying through the Lord's Prayer 
are two things that really make my relationship with God something that goes deep into my soul, something that becomes transcendent in my heart, keeps my heart, my soul focused on God. And, 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 and so even this morning, I got up at, at five. I couldn't sleep. It's not that I'm super disciplined, honestly. I just go to bed early and get up early as a sort of a natural rhythm of my life. Sat out on my porch. It was one of these cold winter, fall mornings. Sky was clear, and I could see uh, the moon, and I could see Venus as it was rising under the moon, crystal clear. And then I saw a star off in the distance. And it was just one of these transcendent moments where I just was reminded again that when I pray, I'm praying to the God that created this universe. And it's an unbelievable privilege that the God that created this universe has spoken, spoken in the scriptures, spoken through Jesus, came and died for us and rose from the dead to bring us into a relationship with him so that we can pray to him. When you really stop to think about it, it's, it's overwhelmingly uh, mind-boggling and, and, and it does something inside of you that almost you can't express the gratitude of God allowing me, the God that created this universe, wanting me to call him my father in heaven and allowing me to come before him in prayer. That's what Psalm 9 reminds me of as well. Psalm 9 is a psalm of David, and it's a psalm that begins with a call to give thanks. And so the first two verses say, David says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wondrous deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Now, if you want to sit down and you want to pray through something to help you focus on what the Holy Spirit wants you to focus on when you pray, Psalm 9 is a good psalm to go to. Verses 1 and 2, we'll look at one or two other verses in this psalm. But these two verses are a good place to start to meditate, to think through what are these verses saying and how would I do that? How would I give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart? Giving thanks is one of these things that we don't normally do, but it is, as Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, it is the one thing that our heart that suppresses God's righteousness, our heart that wants to exchange the glory of God and worship idols instead, this, this corrupt heart that we all have, this heart that, that is idolatrous in, in, in its core, is a heart that, Paul says, at the essence, doesn't want to give thanks to God or give him glory. And, and I think that when we give thanks, we're doing something that's countercultural. Uh, we couldn't probably do a more countercultural thing than to give thanks to God. It's one of these things that we do that kind of wakes us up from our spell, uh, the spell of self-sufficiency, the spell that we go through in life where we're not thinking about the glory of God, we're not thinking about the presence of God, we're not thinking about the reality of God as the overarching context of our lives. And yet here we are, if you're somebody listening to this podcast, the chances are high that you believe Jesus was God, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the dead. That's what started Christianity. That's what started this whole thing that we have, why we even talk about Jesus today, why you and I, 2,000 years later, even know the name of Jesus is because he, he rose from the dead and changed the life of the apostles and they changed, they changed history. And the thing is that we, we, we know that, we believe that, that's where we're going to put our nickel down. 
And yet we don't see that as the context of our lives. We don't see the implications of that as the, as the, the context of our lives. And so giving thanks is something that we do to sort of wake us up from that spell. And so David says, I will give the first thing out of his mouth. I will give thanks to Yahweh. That's what he, that's the Lord, all capital L O R D is translating that Hebrew name for Yahweh. Now, what we've said here is that Yahweh is the Hebrew name for the I am. And that is true. But literally what it means in Hebrew is he is. Yahweh is an old form of the Hebrew, Hebrew verb, ancient Hebrew verb for he is. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Uh, the scriptures were originally written by Hebrews, the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, most of the New Testament. And so the Hebrew name for God, the, the name that God gave Moses in Exodus chapter 3 this name, he is, Yahweh, it's good for us to think about the meaning of the name, that I will give thanks to he is. He is, is so transcendent, is so hard to define. It's so loaded with infinite meaning. And I think God, when he named himself, he is, and that is the term used for God more than any other term in the Old Testament, when God gave his name as he is, that phrase loaded with meaning is meant to be something that we meditate on. And so I often meditate on he is, and I, I, I sort of in time of prayer change it to you are. And so I, get, I will give thanks to he is because you are, you are my life. You are the God that gives me life. You are my good. You are my love. You are my future. I don't have a hope. I don't have a future apart from, from you. And so I give thanks to God because God is the one who Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, Matthew 11, is Lord of heaven and earth, and yet he invites me to come pray to him. I give thanks that the God that created me, the God that created everything, the source of all existence, the giver, author of all life, has invited me to come pray to him through Jesus by the Holy Spirit, he has invited me to talk to him. And so I want to understand the implications of that. When I'm giving thanks to the I am, when I'm giving thanks to the he is, to Yahweh, to the Lord, I want to acknowledge what I'm doing right now. What is happening right now? I am praying to the God that created Venus as it rises, the moon as it rotates around the earth, the star I see in the distance, and I can't even see the other galaxies that have hundreds of billions of stars and moons and planets in them. But this is the God who is the source of the entire universe, of all that exists, of quantum physics, of black holes, of the cells in my body, of DNA. God is the God who created everything. He's the source of all existence, and he is allowing me to actually come before him and articulate my thoughts and cares and concerns and to pray to him and to give thanks, to wake up from my stupor, to wake up from my spell and acknowledge the context that the God who created me is overseeing everything in my life and he is still in charge of everything. He still loves me. He still hears my prayer, acknowledges my presence 
wants me to come before him, Jesus says, wants me to pray to him about everything, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, and that God is the God who is is saving me. He became human in the person of Jesus to be my salvation, to be my restoration, to be my righteousness, to be a whole new plan for my eternity. He is saving me. And Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, that he is for me, that I don't have to fear anyone who's against me because the God that created this entire universe and oversees every detail in this entire universe, the one that Jesus said is the Lord of heaven and earth, he's the one who is for me. Not for me in the sense of what would I like him to do for me today, but for me in the sense that he genuinely wants my good. He wants what he knows in his infinite wisdom and power and goodness is truly my good. And so I can trust him. I can trust the God that created and oversees this universe. I can put my nickel down. I can go all in on trusting him. There are lots of voices speaking in my head, lots of voices on TV, lots of voices on the internet, lots of voices in, among people in my life that are speaking into my head. But I, you know, how much am I really going to trust them to know the truth, to, to, to know reality, to, to understand the, the, the things that correspond to reality? Or would it be better to understand, would it be better to acknowledge, would it be better to trust the God that has created this universe, that has spoken in the scriptures, that has become human, did the miracles, taught what he taught, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and the God that oversees everything in this universe, it'd be better for me, I think, to trust him. Now, I'm not trying to be too simplistic because I understand there are still complicated issues to discuss and all that. But I'm saying if you believe that God that created this universe became Jesus, which I do, I think, the again, nobody has 100% certainty. We all have to make a bet about the future that is always uncertain because we can't see the future. But we have to put our bet that we think is the most plausible. And I think it's far more plausible that God created this universe, that God became human in the person of Jesus, and that that's how Christianity started. That's why we have the scripture. That's why we know the name Jesus, because of the miracles he did, the resurrection miracle as well, and then the miracles that the apostles were able to do that caused people to follow them, caused Christianity to explode in the first century, which is why we're believers today. All of that points to the fact that it's far more sensible, plausible for me to, put, to go all in on the Jesus bet. And what David is doing here is saying, therefore, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise God and I will give thanks to God until I can do it more and more with my whole heart. I will give thanks for the things that I take for granted. My very life that I'm here right now. I'm taking for granted the health of my family, and it doesn't mean perfect health, but the things that are healthy, the things that are good, the things that I do have, I give thanks for. It could be a lot worse, always could be worse. I give thanks that God sent Christ, that he is my salvation, that he is for me, that I am in his eternal plan. So David says, I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Now, I can think through all kinds of deeds that God has done in my life, and that is a good thing to recount, things that he's done that could have gone worse, that didn't, things that became blessings, that could have been disasters, ways that he's answered prayer in my life. And I, I'm like you, he hasn't answered every prayer. And then the older I get, the more I'm thankful he hasn't answered every prayer. I prayed for a lot of things that I'm glad that God didn't answer. I'm glad God did it his way. There are all kinds of things that I can recount as God's deeds 
working in my life. And David says, I will be glad and I will exalt in you. I'm exalting in the I am. I'm exalting in he is because you are my life. You are my good. You are my love that I can count on. You are my future that I can count on. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High, David says. Your name, because you are the I am. You are, he is. And everything that that means, Jesus said in the second line of the Lord's Prayer, we pray, hallowed be your name, which I think the best way to say that in language we would use today is ultimate be your name. Ultimate be your name in my heart. Ultimate be your name in my mind. Ultimate be your name in my life. Ultimate be your name in how I view reality. Ultimate be your name in my purpose for life, the purpose for my day, who I'm trusting in, where my joy is, what I'm counting on, who I'm living for. Ultimate be your name. Of all the things that motivate me in life, I pray that God's name, the I am, the most high, would be ultimate in my motivations, ultimate in my, in my trust, ultimate in my purpose. That's what's, what David is praying here, and that's what I want to pray. And so if we really know the things that God has done for us in Christ, the things that God is doing for us, the things that God has promised to do for us, and the future that he has done wondrous deeds to guarantee for us, we would be glad and we would exalt in him and sing praise to his name. The degree that we're not doing that is the degree that we're under a spell, that we're just not seeing reality. So giving thanks is something I do. Being glad and exalting in him and saying praise to his name as the most high, as the I am, as the he is, as the you are, is a way, it's something I do to wake up from my spell, to give thanks to him with my whole heart and to meditate on doing that. So David says in verse 7, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. Again, Jesus, when he prayed to the Father, he said, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus is saying that our, our Father is the one who is the one who sits enthroned over the entire universe, has always been in charge because he created. He is in charge. He is enthroned as king, as Lord, as God, as sovereign the one who is Lord over the entire universe. And David says, the Lord, the I am, Yahweh, the he is, the you are, sits enthroned forever. So I give thanks to God because he is in charge of everything. There is nothing that happens. There's nothing that's going to happen. There's nothing that has happened that God does not oversee as Lord that he is not in charge of, that he is not enthroned over. He is enthroned forever past, and he is enthroned forever future. And so it's an unbelievable privilege that I get to talk right now to the one who is enthroned over everything forever, that the forever God is my God forever. So David says in verse 10, and those who know your name put their trust in you. There's so much there. There's so much depth of language there in knowing the name Yahweh, that he is, the name of the I am, the name of you are, knowing his name, 
the more we know him as the I am, as the he is, as the you are, the more we know him as the essence of all existence, the one who is the source of all existence, the giver of all life, the one who is infinite and infinitely present. We understand all that that means that God, the I am, is enthroned forever, that we would know his name. And when we do, that we put our trust in him. The more we would know his name, the more we would put our trust in him. For you, Yahweh, have not forsaken those who seek you. So I want to seek God. I want to seek him because if he is the God who created and rules over the universe, I can go all in. I want to go all in. I want to seek him. That's what we're doing in this podcast. That's what we're doing in this time of looking at the scriptures, and meditating on them for a little bit, and then praying through them again back to God. So let us just do the verses 13 and 14. David says, be gracious to me, O Lord, Yahweh. Be gracious to me. See my affliction from those who hate me. O you who lift me up. From the gates of death. Now, David is always writing these psalms in the context of fear, the context of suffering, the context of affliction, almost all of them. There are a few otherwise, but almost all of them are David having to turn to God for help. And we, whether we understand it or not, are in the same situation more than we realize. We always need God's help. We are always on the edge of affliction and disaster more than we have any idea. And we need to acknowledge that God is the one who keeps us safe, that God is the one who holds us in his hand, that God is the one who protects us, that God is the one who provides for us. And so we pray, be gracious to me, O Lord. Be gracious to me because I don't deserve it. Everything that's good is by your grace and by your mercy. See my affliction. What I don't know what that affliction is for you today, but you know. And you pray to God for your affliction, and then you say, Oh, you who lift me up from the gates of death, because God is the one who has come to lift you up from the gates of death and to bring salvation, to bring you into his kingdom when Jesus returns to restore this entire earth and to bring a resurrection to those who follow him like his resurrection, that you would have a resurrection, that you would be raised on a restored, resurrected earth, and that God is lifting you up from the gates of death. Verse 14, that I may rejoice in your salvation. Rejoicing in that promise. Rejoicing in the salvation of the one who is enthroned forever. Imagine forever. Can you imagine forever? God being enthroned forever. God being your salvation forever. God being your life, your good, your love, your future, your salvation forever. So let's do this. Let me lead you, lead us in a time of prayer as what this psalm book, this prayer book has been for God's people for 3,000 years that it would be for for us today, uh, that, that the Holy Spirit has written this, not just for God to speak to us, which he does, but for us to use, to speak, to pray to God. And so let's do that now. Let me do that for us as we draw near to God now. Heavenly Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
the one who reigns, the one who rules over, the one who is in control of and in charge of everything in this entire universe and everything in my life. As Jesus said, the Father who is Lord of heaven and earth is my Father, my heavenly Father. That first and foremost, the words out of our mouth, Jesus said, when we pray is, our Father in heaven. You rule over everything. You are in charge of everything. And so I just acknowledge what I don't understand. It's so unbelievably complicated that I can't begin to understand. The infinite God in charge of this universe wants me to come before him, before you, and call you Father. Jesus says, you know the number of hairs on my head. You know everything that happens in my life, every detail you care about. That I, if I really understood who you were, if I really understood who you are to me, I would not worry. I would not be anxious, Jesus says. So I come before you and I give thanks to you. I give thanks to the I am. I give thanks to the he is because you are the essence of of all life, essence of all existence. You are the one who created everything. You are the source of all existence, the entire universe. You are the author of life, Peter says in Acts chapter 3. You are the giver of all life. You are the one whom all life owes its existence, and I owe my existence. I give thanks to you that you created me. I give thanks to you that you not only created me, but you are speaking to me in your scriptures, in your psalms, by your Holy Spirit. You are drawing me closer to you. I don't understand all of it, but you're drawing me closer to you. And so I give thanks to the I am, to he is, with my whole heart, because you are my life. You are my creator. You are the giver of all life, and you are my life. You are my good. I remember what David said in Psalm 16, that, that apart from you, I have no good. And that is true because there is no good apart from you. Apart from you, I have no good because apart from you and without you, there is no good. You are my good. You are my love because apart from you, there is no true love. You are the source of love. Paul said in Galatians 2.20 that he lives by faith in the Son of God who loved me, he says, and gave himself for me. And I acknowledge I don't understand it. I don't always live like it, but I believe, I put my nickel down, I put all in that you loved and love me, and that's why you died on the cross. You love me. You gave yourself for me. So I give thanks to you, Lord, because you are my good, you are my love that I can count on. You bring belonging into my life, that I belong to you, the God that created this universe, and I belong to the new humanity. And so I think about what Psalm 118 says, give thanks to Yahweh, give thanks to He is, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Your steadfast love for me endures forever. You are good, and your steadfast love for me is forever. It endures forever. It is infinite. 
as vast as this universe is, even infinitely more is your steadfast love for me. That's what Jesus taught in Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 10. That's what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. That's what the Apostle John says in his letters, 1 John and the New Testament. And so I believe it. I believe because Jesus came, did the miracles, died on the cross and rose from the dead and everything he said is therefore true. And so I'm going to go all in and give thanks to you because your love, your steadfast love for me endures forever. I give thanks to you for you are good and your steadfast love endures forever. I give thanks to you because you are my future. Paul says that because you have already come in Romans 832, how will he not, who has already died for us, give us all things? You have already done the hard part. You have already become human, suffered and died so that you could give me all things in Christ. So how will you not do that? I can trust you. You've already done the hard part. The easy part is the future. And this is guaranteed as as Christ's past death and resurrection is true. You are for me. You are for my future. You are for my good. And so I give thanks to you because you are for me. I can trust you. I can live by faith in you. And so I give thanks to you with more and more of my heart. I want to give thanks to you with my whole heart, with all of my heart, not having a divided heart, not loving other things more, but that I would love you most, that you would be ultimate. Ultimate be your name in my heart, ultimate be your name, in my soul, in my mind. I recount all of your wonderful deeds, things that I take for granted that you have done in my life, that I'm still here praying to you. And it could have gone a thousand worse ways. But I give thanks to you for your wonderful deeds in my life, your wonderful deeds in my family. It could be way worse, but you are blessing in ways I have no idea. I give thanks to you and I recount all of your wonderful deeds for me in Christ that I have no idea that you're doing for me, that you've done for me, that you have for me, that you promise for me, that you have in store for me. I give thanks to you for the wonderful deeds that you have in store for me, the wonderful deeds that you have done. I will be glad and I will exalt in you. You are. I exalt in you the I am, the he is. I will rejoice. I will be glad and I will exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Because you sit, you sit enthroned forever. Forever. Forever I can trust you. Forever I will praise you. Forever I will give thanks to you. Forever I will be in your presence of your love, of your goodness, of your glory, of your beauty, of your power, of your trustworthiness. Forever I will be in your goodness and your goodwill for me. Forever. Forever you have a role for me in your universe. Forever you have a job for me that is joyful and that is satisfying as I image you, as I am in your image, as I help rule over and help continue your work of creation that you have made me in your image to do forever. 
in Christ, you bring that promise back to me. And so I give praise to you and I give thanks to you. And those who know your name, know that you are, know your name, put their trust in you. And so I trust you. I put my trust in you. I submit to you as my king. I submit to you as my Lord. I trust in you today with my day. I trust in you for you, Yahweh, you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Even though they all have died of something, that's not what this promises. But you have not forsaken in this eternal forever plan you have. You have not forsaken those who seek you. And so I want to seek you. The God who created this universe and rules over everything, I can go all in. I can seek you. Why would I seek anything else more? Ultimate be your name. Be gracious to me, O Lord. Be gracious to me, for you are. Be gracious to me, he is. Be gracious to me. See my affliction. Because you lift me up from the gates of death. You lift me up from the pit of death. You are my salvation, that I may rejoice in your salvation. I rejoice in your salvation for me. I trust in your salvation. I live today in the context of this bigger story I'm in because of your salvation, because you lift me up from the gates of death, and because you are the God who came to die for me, to forgive my sin, and to bring me in by our resurrection on your renewed resurrected earth that I will image you forever, live in your beauty, live in your glory, live in your love, live in your goodness forever. And I rejoice in your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.